Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Keep this ready. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert and my heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, 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 I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Do you believe that? I do too. We will never be the same. These next two messages are going to be based upon the video you just saw. Um, I I couldn't come up with a, 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 a title for, if you want to call it a series. I'm not calling it a series, but they're going to kind of go together. You're going to hear a little bit of... Next week's message as I go through this week's message, and then we'll clear some of that up next week. I did that on purpose to try to make you come to church two weeks in a row. So uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But welcome those who are watching on, on Facebook. And uh, if you would like to give this morning, you can do that on our app or uh, on our website. And uh, you could also go to our YouTube page and subscribe there. And that way you'll get messages and notifications of any new content that we are adding uh, all the time. So uh, our, for those of you who don't know, we do have an app. You can download that off of the a- Android store, the Google store, or um, the iPhone, uh, Apple Store. You can download that and you'll get notifications of our services. Um, our podcast goes on there immediately following the service. I want you to know what our media team is doing because they're diligently working hard at making sure that the word gets out there. And uh, so just not even within the hour of the service being over, there's a podcast available for you to listen to. You can, If you have the app, uh, you can just listen to it in your car. You can download it. You can uh, listen to it with you know earbuds, whatever, it, you know, Bluetooth it to something and, and listen to it. And you could bring me right into your home. Some of you just don't want to do that, but that's okay. And, um, and then with it, by Wednesday, I believe, uh, usually by Wednesday, our video has been edited and put also on the, uh, on the app. You should see those. They're done professionally. Uh, we had a visitor come one time and say, you're the biggest little church I've ever been to. And I was like, we have somebody here that says that. And he, and he said, yeah, when, when I went to your app and I went to your website and saw your website, how it's all, you know, and, and he goes, I thought I was coming into a, a big church that was doing all these things. I said, well, no, our media team makes it look that way. And they do it all volunteering their time. They work behind the scenes a lot. So we thank you guys. Thank you for doing that. So we're going to begin with don't forget your faith. Don't forget your faith. And next week it's going to be trust the process. So for, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, very familiar scripture, it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. Now this scripture, we quote it out of context a lot. Uh, basically, it's, it's in uh, a portion of scripture talking about how our body is mortal and it, uh, uh, how it's immortal and one day we will be mortal and, and our bodies will no longer be here. It's decaying every day. You guys know that. Those of you who are feeling aches and pains in the morning when you get up and right, you're getting older and, and if you just pop out of bed and you're like, woohoo, let's do, th-, you know, then you're 12 years old. But um, 
you know, uh, we, we have, you can tell that your body's decaying, can we not? We can tell that things are changing. And I believe there's a reason and a purpose for that. I think that uh, it slows us down a little bit for each season of our life. And uh, sometimes we just need to slow down. And sometimes, uh, you know, our body tells us that. But uh, for, we live by faith and not by sight. It's right in a portion of scriptures like that. This word sight, I want to give you the, uh, the Hebrew word for that is eldos. I know I, I butchered that, so if you know Hebrew, I'm sorry. The external or outward appearance experienced. Everybody say experience. Experienced by our senses. Now, I know it uses the word sight, but this word sight actually means all five of our senses. Not just what we see, but what we feel, what we smell, what we taste, what we hear. How we experience life as a human being with this, this mortal body is what this word sight means. It's all of our experiences done by our senses, experienced by our senses. So we don't live by what we, uh, by, we live by faith, not by what we experience. Can we say it that way? So this scripture is right in the middle of that portion of scripture that I was telling you before. And uh, there will be a time when we exchange this life for another life. When we exchange this, it's going to be awesome too. Because I'm going to get a glorified body. I'll get my six pack back. Right? It's there. It's just under all of this. Right? I was thinking, the other day we were talking to my wife. It's like, I saw a picture of my, my husband when he was a, you know, a teenager and he was sitting on the beach without a shirt on. And he was, and he was, and he was. And he, but I still am, I think. I'm handsome in a different way, right? In a round way. Round is a shape, so I'm in shape. Okay. <laughs> you round people can use that. If you're round, you're in shape because round is a shape. So right now we live by faith, not by what our mortal bodies tell us. Can you remember a time when your faith was strong and you could conquer anything that came your way? I remember being at Ramah, man, for those four years and just sitting there and getting the word every day. Four hours pounded with the word, just hearing different things, right? Your eyes get open. You come home. You want to tell your wife, I learned this today. And, and wow, this teacher taught me this today. And I didn't know this. And I heard about this story. And, you know, I, I was coming home, uh, you know, I'm a... Uh, New Testament kind of person because I was always in the New Testament because that's what we live by today, right? It's a new and better covenant. But I neglected the old, and we can't do that because the Bible is a tapestry. we got to take old and new, and it works together to build our faith. So when I took Old Testament literature, we took it with Shotgun Cooper. He was in his 90s. I don't think Cooper Cooper would probably pass by the time you were there. Uh, I do believe he reached 100. But they called him Shotgun Cooper because he would just, he would give you these truths, boom, 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 and he would just shoot them at you, right? And you had to kind of keep notes or whatever. And he used to say, I teach Old Testament literature because I was actually there. And, uh, but he was, he was amazing. And I learned so much and grew so much. But what, during that time, my faith, I could, I could even confess this morning that my faith was at a level that, it's, that was much higher than it is today. But that's coming to an end. Because I'm not going to forget my faith anymore. Right? We're going to build our faith. I, I, over this last few weeks, I've been, I've been reading about faith. And I listened to, to Brother Hagen a couple of times on YouTube. And, and you, know, you know that you're listening to Brother Hagen when it's not a video, but it's just his picture and the, <laughs> and the voice is coming through. Uh, so, because they're old. But the word is so powerful, man. And I was learning. I'm like, you know, Lord, we have settled we have settled for so much and we've put up with so much because we forgot our faith. 
We think God moves on us and we say, oh, wow, thank you, Lord, that you provided exactly what I needed and I was able to pay the electric bill. And, Lord, I know you'll do it again. No, that's great that he provided, but that's not enough. Our faith should get us to a place of prosperity. Our faith should get us to a place that we believe that God can do the more than enough. Yes. We, we, we lose our faith in the process. We lose our faith in experiencing life. And what happens with these experiences as we experience, you know, you experience more negative things than you do positive many times in life, right? You go through seasons of all these negative experiences, and they begin to affect your faith. You pray to God, and and you get partially healed. The pain kind of goes away. Thank you, Jesus, that I can now cope with this. And he's up there going, don't thank me for that. Come on. Don't thank me for that. I could do so much more. I could heal you completely. I could make you better than what you were before. If you would just believe. See, God doesn't move across the earth looking who has a need to meet their need. He goes across the earth looking who has faith. Because if he was just the God that provided wherever there was need, then we would have no need. The, the, the kids that are starving in Kenya would have food. Right? It's not about the need. It's about the faith. He only moves by our faith. And it'll only move according to the level of our faith. So we may be at a moment in life sometimes where we're like, man, you have the faith for, for, to conquer anything. And then experiences begin to happen. And things begin to happen. And it causes you to forget your faith. The more we experience life, the more life experiences robs us of our faith. It causes us to forget. Today, we find our faith. Today, we remember our faith. Today, we learn that God is faithful. He is faithful all the time. And we say, he's faithful, but how come this and how come that? Don't ask him about that. You should look at yourself in the mirror. That's what we need to do. We need to quit blaming God for not showing up and find out what we need to do to have more faith so that he can show up. Because he's, we say God is not limited. He is limited by our faith. So if our faith doesn't get to a place, he only moves according to our faith. So we need to get our faith. We need to get our faith back. We need to stop. We need to not forget our faith anymore. Hebrews 10. I got too excited at the beginning already. Hebrews 10, 32 through 39 in the New Living Translation says, Think back. Everybody say think back. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful or full of faith? even though it meant terrible suffering? Thank God that we don't have terrible suffering. We have no idea. We don't really understand this. How many of you were ever whipped 39 times because of your faith? Beaten down, left for dead. Had to run, thrown over a wall on a basket because of your faith so that you can run from the city that's trying to kill you. Sometimes... You were exposed to public ridicule. That might be true. You were beaten. I don't think anyone here can say they were beaten for their faith. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. Thrown into jail for your faith. Anybody? And when all you, when all you owned was taken from you, listen, you accepted it with joy. <laughs> You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. See, they experienced all these things. 
He's telling them, look, you experienced this for your faith. You experienced that for your faith. And you did it all with joy. Why? Because their faith was at a place that they could experience joy because their experiences were not going to rob them of that joy because their faith was way too strong. They were beaten. They were, everything was taken from them. They were ridiculed, yet they kept their joy. How do you do that? Faith. So do not throw away or forget. Do not throw away or forget this confident trust in the Lord. Remember. Everybody say remember. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. <laughs> Talking to you. So that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has. Then you... He, Listen, you got to suffer, you got to go through this, you got to go through that, you got to experience all these negative things. Then you're going to receive the promise. Well, that's not what I've been taught. I mean, it says if you have faith, you don't have to deal with all this stuff. And imagine that. If we could just have enough faith where we don't experience any negative things in our life. We have all the money we need. Our, our wives submit to us. Our kids are perfect. You know, uh, you eat anything you want and you don't get fat. Uh, you know, every, you just experience life and no negativity. Nothing bad happens to us. How are we ever going to grow? We're going to be a bunch of spoiled brats is what we're going to be. That's what it's going to turn us into. See, this is next week's message. The process has purpose. Listen, I'm going to try not to preach next week's message, but (laughs) there is a promise, and the promise will come to pass, and that you can guarantee. This is the promise. This is what God said. This is what's going to happen. The process to get to that promise is not guaranteed. You cannot come up with that process. You're not allowed to determine what that process is that enables you to receive the promise. That's not up to you. That's up to him. Right? Sometimes we want to say, well, I'm going to, this is what's going to happen. I need, I need to prosper, so I'm going to, I'm going to get my resume ready. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to buy a bigger house. I'm going to drive a nicer car. And that's the process. I figured it all out. This is what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden, they fire you from your job. You have the, your, your house is being foreclosed on, right? And you're like, well, that's not what I'm believing for. And what happens? You lose your faith. In the midst of the process, instead of trusting the process. Next week, I'll continue there. (laughs) For in just a little while, verse 37, for just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. Live by faith. It doesn't guarantee what your life's going to be like. It just says live by faith. Live a good life by faith. Live a rough life by faith. Live a, whatever life brings you, live it by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those, ah, thank you, Jesus, who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. We, he's telling, we are the faithful ones, the ones that are full of faith. Remember, How you remain faithful or full of faith. Remember when you believed beyond your circumstances. Remember believing for the victory in the middle of what seemed to be a defeat. Remember. And if you don't have any of those, start to believe in faith that you will. See, let's get back to that kind of faith. Let's look at the life of Joseph as an example of not forgetting 
your faith. If you know this story, then you already know where I'm going with this. But I'm going to fill you in before we get to the actual moment that he says something that is uh, uh, very contradictory to our experiences. And it's full of faith. I'm going to give you a synopsis of his story. One, he was one of the 12 brothers and he would snitch on them to his father, Jacob, or Israel. His father loved him more than his brothers, number two, and made him a coat of many colors. Imagine how his brothers felt. Joseph had a dream with his brothers that they were bowing down before him and he ruled over them and then he goes and tells them his dream. He was full of faith, but not very smart. In a faraway land, his brothers conspired to kill him and tell their father that an animal devoured him. Those are the kind of brothers you want. They threw him in a pit and waited for him to die. Can you imagine that? Instead of just killing him, they threw him in a pit and hung out by the pit. He's going to take, you know, three days without water. You know, maybe he starts to, four days, maybe five. You know, they're just hanging out, waiting for their brother to die. What a terrible way to kill somebody. But this is what happens. While they were waiting, some Ishmaelites came by and they noticed they were, carrying, they were carrying many riches and decided to profit from their brother and sold, it, sold him to them as a slave. The Ishmaelites bought Joseph and brought him to Egypt. They in turn told, sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. So Joseph caused his master's house to prosper so much that he found favor in Pharaoh's eyes and he put Joseph in charge of all the riches in the kingdom. Things are going good, right? His, his faithfulness and his full of faith, he's finally uh, seeing something and things are going well. Pharaoh's wife began hitting on Joseph because he was good looking to try and get him to sleep with her and he refused until she framed him and told Pharaoh, her husband, that he had slept with her. Pharaoh has him thrown into prison, duh, and Joseph finds favor with the innkeeper of the prison because God was with him and he was full of faith. Joseph spends over, nobody knows this, some people say, I don't know where they come up with some of these numbers, but uh, according to the Bible, it's over two years and less than 13. So somewhere in there, even if it's just two years that he spent in jail for this, that's long enough, don't you think? For not doing anything wrong. He interprets the dreams of a baker and a butler that were in the prison with him that Pharaoh had thrown in there. And then not too long after that, Pharaoh had, the butler gets released. He becomes the butler again of, of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream about seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. La vaca flaca y la, fa, la vaca gorda. We used to say that. Are you living? ¿Estás viviendo con la vaca gorda o la vaca flaca? Are you living in the times of the seven fat cows or the seven skinny cows? And the butler tells Pharaoh after having this dream that there's a man, there's a Joseph. He's in prison. He can interpret that dream. He interpreted my dream, which he had done before. He interprets the dream and gets put back in charge of the kingdom. Would he, you think he would have been? If he wasn't full of faith in prison, you think he would have interpreted the dreams of these men and been noticed and found favor in the eyes of, of those that were running the prison? He interprets the dream and gets put back in charge of the kingdom with only Pharaoh ruling over him. He was second in charge. During the seven years of famine, Joseph's brothers were brought before him and we pick up there. You can read all that in Genesis. 
We pick up in Genesis 45, verses 1 through 8, New King James Version. It says, Then Joseph, <clears throat> his brothers were brought before him. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. They had brought his brothers to him, and there were others there. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Oh, man. What a, I was going to use a different word there, but man, we're, we're in trouble. This is Joseph. Yeah. Oh, beep. This is, this is the guy we threw in a pit. We sold him off. I mean, this, and now he's in charge. We're starving to death, and he's, right? Oh, boy, we're in trouble. He says, I am Joseph. This is my father still live, but his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Today you die. No, that's not what it says. Some of you wanted to say amen. Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. <laughs> so they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother. Listen to this. Whom you sold into Egypt. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, but now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because, listen, because you sold me here for God sent me here. That is like, how is this man having this kind of faith? You don't, don't be grieved that you sold me here because God sent me here before you to preserve life after everything i just read that he experienced for these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting and here he says again and god sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you the one who sold me who left me for dead the one who treated me the one he Preserve me, prosperity, for you in the earth. And to save your lives by a great deliverance. And now, so now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> and he, was, he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Ma mamia. That is, this guy's confession is like, how is he pulling this off? Who is this guy? You can fill this in in your notes. It's the only place that you'll have to write something in there. It says, you sold me here is the event. God sent me here is the interpretation of that event. Let me say that again. You sold me here is the event. God sent me here is the interpretation of that event. How does he interpret the event like that without faith? He could have very, come on, he could have very easily lost his faith. He could have forgot his faith, sitting in prison for something he didn't do. I did the right thing. I ran from this woman. I didn't want anything to do with her. 
It says, if you read the story, it says that she grabbed him by his clothes and he took the clothes off his gown and he ran out naked into the, into the outside so people could see that he wasn't with her, but now he's naked. And she calls the guards and says, that man was trying to seduce me. And he gets put in jail for something that he was avoiding and having faith with. He was controlling his temptations and yet he still had to suffer because of it. He did the right thing and he got the wrong outcome. But what was his attitude? You sold me here, but God sent me here. So whatever event or experience you're going through, how are you interpreting that? Are you interpreting it as the lack of your faith or God's mad at you or you did something wrong or your sin's bringing these things upon you? Are you interpreting that as the process next week, as the process that God is putting you through to to, uh, build your faith? Your faith has to be in a, in a good place for you to be able to interpret it that way. See, Joseph interpreted the event through his faith. He did not forget that he was a Hebrew and that God was with him. We forget that we're sons and daughters of the Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. We go through stuff and then we, oh, God, what are you going to do? Please, help me, please. No, we are children of the Almighty God, bought by the blood of Jesus. He is creator of heaven and earth. And he didn't stop creating. Do you know the stars are being created every moment and named every moment? Stars, universes are being out there, being exploded and brought into, into, he's creating all the, he can't stop creating. He's God. And he's waiting to create a moment in your life that's going to explode into something that's going to declare his promise in your life, even in the midst of something horrible. Right? Don't forget your faith. He could have interpreted the event without faith and had his brothers thrown into the same prison that he was in, even had them killed. For what they did to him. He was in charge. He chose not to forget his faith, but to use it to interpret what God was doing. See, it's not the event that determines the outcome. It is the interpretation of the event through faith that determines the outcome of whatever it is you're going through. The promise still stands. The promise is still guaranteed. The promise is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's not eluding you. It's not running from you. It's not trying to keep you from what you have. The the promise is still there. The process to that promise is is what's going to get us there. So how do I get this promise? I have to have faith. And how's my faith going to be tested if I don't go through something to get there? Sometimes that process is what gets us. Sometimes that process steals our faith. Many times it steals our faith. But today, we don't forget our faith instead of we interpreting the event as if our faith is not working and he is not answering we need to not forget our faith and lose our blessing and miss our miracle right don't 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 sit in the middle of whatever it is you're going through and say oh i guess my prayer didn't work we do we not do that don't leave me up here by myself we do that. Something, we pray about something great and we believe that it's going to happen because God said so. And then we go through something negative and say, oh, I guess it didn't work. You lost your faith. You'll never get the promise. You stopped in the middle of your journey. The promise was right around the corner. It was just right there. 
and you lost your faith. Joseph could have cried out to God when he was sold as a slave or thrown into prison and said, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? But he kept that faith. God has sent me here. I have found favor in the eyes of God, yet I have found favor in the eyes of these men. Even the prison workers, he found favor in their eyes. Instead, he chose to interpret the event in the faith of God that he was going to send him to save his people. He had a purpose in life. We have always believed that if we had enough faith that God would change the situation we're in, sometimes faith is required to interpret the situation you're in and not necessarily change it right away. We think that our faith is just to receive our, our goodies, right? Our bounty. I, I got treasures coming my way, and the Bible says this. And we get, you know, these prosperity message, messages have really messed us up. Now, I'm not picking on anybody particular, but we went through this whole season of prosperity messages. How many millionaires do we have in the church? There are a few that they were that way before they came in. Because if everything that's been, that was preached during prosperity was true, we'd all be rich. And we'd all be doing something else right now. We wouldn't be here. <laughs> the process keeps you near to God. All right. I got to get away from the process. I'm preaching that next week. See, Joseph had a dream of greatness and rulership. So God already showed up and showed him the promise. Right? The events required to receive them were thrown in a pit, sold as a slave twice, and thrown into jail. <laughs> okay, God shows up. You're in a dream, and he shows up, and I'm here to tell you, this is your outcome. You're going to do great things for God. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to be healthy. Your kids are, and he gives you this promise of, of what, what he's going to do, and it's good. And you're like, you wake up, and you're so excited. And you're thinking, that's, it, it, before the end of the day, I should be there. <laughs> it's coming. It's today. I know it is, because he showed me the dream last night. And then in the midst of receiving that promise, you go broke, <laughs> you get thrown in a pit, sold as a slave, thrown into jail. Are you still going to believe that dream? That dream's way long gone. That dream is put in a, in a box somewhere and it's like, I, mu I must have ate too much pizza last night. That dream can't be true because why am I going through this? You're not God. You don't get to determine that. This is enough to make most of us forget our faith. You see, we need to quit interpreting our present through the lens of our past. We, inter <laughs> we need to quit interpreting our present through the lens of our past. See, our past has a lot of hurt in it, has a lot of pain in it, has a lot of disgust in it, has a lot of issues, has a lot of pain. You go through all these things in your past, and then what do we do? We, we use that lens of our past and the experiences that we've had. Now, there's been good ones, experiences in there, and we've had miracles happen in our life. We've experienced God in a good way, but it's not all good, right? And some of that bad stuff that we experience in life, we interpret our present through that lens of our past instead of interpreting the situation you're going through through faith has god not promised see our experiences or events in life have caused us to forget our faith our faith is not subject to our events or our experiences our faith is subject to the word of god 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And if it's true, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you're sitting here today and you're sick, you're ill, you've been told something, you're on medication, God's word is not determined by what you're going through right now. That may be a fact that you're sick, but it is not the truth. It is not the truth. The truth is that God already healed you. Sometimes it's the nail gun experience. Boom, and the nail goes in and you're healed. Sometimes you got to take a, a hammer, right? And go through the experience. The experience makes you and turns you into who you are today. There were those that experienced Jesus before he did his miracles and taught the word uh, with such revelation that people were astonished. Because of the events and experience they had with Jesus, the carpenter's son, they could not recognize Jesus as the son of God. They had experienced Jesus in a vulnerable way. Yet never sinned, but they had a one-on-one experience with Jesus in a vulnerable way. I'm coming to an end here. And we're going to have communion in just a minute because we're going to remember. We're going to remember our faith at what happened at the cross. So I'm going to help you today. We're going to get out of Nazareth. You ready to get out of Nazareth? I want to get out of Nazareth. Matthew 13, 53 through 58, it says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there, and he went, and when he had come to his own country. These people had watched him as a baby grow up, right? They watched him poop himself. They watched him cry. They watched him, you know, do all the things that he did as a kid and a teenager. And he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and this mighty work? Where did this Jesus, this, come on, we know him. I had a past life. My family still kind of looks at me and says, nah, we know him. No, you don't know me. That guy's dead. <laughs> Why did this man get his wisdom in their mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Is not his mother called Mary? Here we go. His brothers, aren't you judged by those that are your siblings sometimes? Here's his brothers, James and Joseph, Joses, and Simon and Judas, and his sisters. They're not going to name them because they didn't in those days, but his sisters. Are they not all with us? Do we not know these people? <laughs> He's in this family. Can you imagine what these other boys and girls did? They weren't without sin like Jesus was. But he's one of them. I remember when that guy stole the loaf of bread from my house. I remember catching him kissing my daughter in the back of, of the house over there. I remember the sister. That guy's related to them? And now he's talking all this. Who does he think he is? Where then did this man get all of these things? So then they were offended at him. <laughs> but Jesus said to them, hey, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. He understood what was going on. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their what? Unbelief. They forgot their faith because they 
judged him for who he was and not for who he is. They determined what they were going to receive from him by him being a child before he was even endued with power through the Holy Spirit and came back. Isn't that what happens? Our old life comes back to creep up on us and we think, I am unworthy to receive this promise. And our faith gets diminished and diminished and, and then God says, I can't do much mighty works there because you keep looking at who you were instead of who you are. We need to get out of Nazareth. Right? Why aren't signs and wonders happening in the church anymore? Because we forgot our faith. We've created productions and we've created laser shows and we've created great preachers that are amazing. And I listen to them. We've created all these things that entertain us and tickle our fancy. And we've lost our faith. In the midst of all the great things that we're doing, and they're great things, we have forgotten who we really are. We're in Nazareth and we need to get out. We need to remember what he did at the cross. Every promise that he, everything that happened at the cross is for us today. By his stripes, you are already healed. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what your sin was this morning. If you yelled at your wife on the way here, if you cursed, if you drank last night and got sloppy drunk, it doesn't matter what all those things happened. God's forgiveness is available for you. Restoration could happen right now because of what he provided on the cross. See, as we drink uh, uh, our juice and eat the bread, we remember that his body was broken for us. He paid the price for us. Why do we want to do our own penitence? Why do we want to give ourselves our own punishment when he took the punishment on the cross? He did it. All we got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I don't, I'm not part of the worship team. That's why I come before him and say, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Restore me. And he does. Why? Because he paid the ultimate price. Why would you pay the ultimate price to do something for somebody and not let them experience what you paid for? I bought you this present. Here it is for Christmas. Look, it's in the box. It's nice. I bought me a little something. If I don't take it out of the box and use it, I'm going to let Gus play with it. I bought me a drone with an HT camera on it. I'm going to look at Gus. He's back there all excited. He doesn't know what to do. So when you see videos online of the church from up top and stuff, it's not a helicopter. It's him out there. Right? We're waiting on it. It's coming. It's coming. It's on its way. But if we got that and we looked at it and I said, Gus, look at this. This is awesome. We're going to be able to take video from up top. And when we have events and we go out to the park, we have our, our, harvest, our harvest picnic. We'll be able to go over everybody as we playing softball. And, and, you know, we'll be able to see. Puts, oh, man, it's going to be, ooh, yeah. But we never take it out of the box. We could think up all the great things you could do with this. But if you don't use it. See, we can understand and have the knowledge of everything that happened on the cross. But if you don't open it and use it, if you don't apply your faith to that and use it, then it's just something that we know and not something that we're experiencing. So no matter what you're going through today, don't forget your faith. 
And that's why I decided, you know, we don't have communion regularly, like, you know, every the third Sunday of the month. I do it when we have special messages and times where it's going to really mean something. So we're going to, ha- we're going to do that today. I'm going to ask our elders uh, to come on up and, and stand behind one of the tables there. And uh, Gus and Chile are going to help us today. They're going to serve communion for us. Uh, if you guys can come make your way up. Uh, the way we do it is uh, we're going to have a little song playing in the background. Those of you, I guess, on this side can make your way up here, and our elders will serve you. Hold on to your bread and hold on to your juice uh, until we're all ready to take it together. And then we're going to do this in remembrance of him. We're going to get out of Nazareth today. Come on. We're going to begin to believe in faith, and we're not going to forget that what God did for us. I don't want to forget anymore. I don't want to settle. Oh, God did this for me. I feel better. I can cope with this. I can deal with that. I can. No, 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 no. No. And Jesus is up there going, man, who do you think I am? I'm God. And you're going you're gonna to settle? I'm God. And you're going to put up with that? I'm God. Come on. For he could do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let's get our thinking and asking up to his level. I read that verse a thousand times. And one time I read it and I felt like God was scolding me. And I was like, this is a good verse. This is a, an uplifting verse. And God said, you don't understand. I'm telling you to get your thinking and your asking up to my level because you're way below who I am. You're way below. You're asking and, and believing for things way below who I am. Can I take a step? I don't want to talk for God, but you're making me look bad. We want to to experience God in such a way that other people around us that don't know God would say, I want that. I want that. But to get there, we got to have a faith level that brings us up to who God really is. Right? Way beyond a God of more than enough. More than enough. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We just thank you for being who you are, even in the midst of who we are. Thank you, Lord, that you are still almighty God. And today we make a commitment to bring our faith, Lord, to a level that, that is closer to who you are. And not to what we are experiencing here on earth, Lord. We walk by faith and not by our experiences. Not by sight, but our experiences. Lord, we walk by faith. Lord, whatever the process is, bring it on. Because I know the promise is right around the corner, Lord. And it will be worth it, Father. We thank you for it. And as we take communion this morning, we do it in remembrance of you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.